There is no great company without a great purpose. Ours is to empower our 95 million customers to live a better life. It is for me a fundamental element. I believe that the role of a leader today is really to create a climate that allows everyone to express the best version of themselves. We have to work with continuous feedback and continuous listening that, that are two elements, really key factors, to create the right environment based on error and learn capture. What I always tell my son Ludovico is that the family is the certainty that allows us to find the right motivation at work and support also during the difficult moments. This is CRNA TV. My name is Andrik Deckers. I'm here today with Anna Maria Rico, who is the Chief Operating Officer of AXA Italia. A very warm welcome, Anna Maria. Hi, Andrik. It's really a pleasure and honor to be here today with you. And I'm very happy to have the opportunity to share my personal and professional experience. Anna Maria, you have a degree in computer science from the Università degli Studi di Milano. You started your career as a consultant at Origin, Anderson Consulting, and at McKinsey, and you moved to the finance sector in 2005, where you first worked for uh, Unicredit, then for Banco BPM, and in 2020, you joined AXA Italia as the COO. So, Anna Maria, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What's your background? and how did you arrive in this position? So, Hendrik, thank you very much. Let's start from some personal information. I live in Milan, in Legnano, a city close to Milan, where my family, my mm -hmm. parents, moved from Sicily, from the south of Italy, wow. uh, to, teach, to, to be a teacher in scientific uh, for secondary school. Mm -hmm. I have been married for 25 years with Franco, my husband, and I met him during my previous experience in the consulting firm. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a 14 years old uh, son and uh, I love uh, playing golf, even it's uh, very difficult for me to have the time to do. And I love uh, also traveling because uh, for me it's important uh, to have uh, different uh, opportunities to meet people, to know new culture and new way to work. So let's move to the professional uh, experience. As you told before, I started uh, my experience uh, with, uh, in consulting firm and uh, I was uh, for five years in McKinsey working on, at the beginning, uh, strategic IT uh, transformational projects and then uh, business plan, commercial uh, projects and so on. Afterwards, uh, I joined in uh, 2005 in Unicredit Bank, where uh, I worked for 14 years. And there I held different leading roles and focused mainly on digital and business model evolution. During my experience, I was appointed CEO of IFABER, 
that was the legal entity of Unicredit focused on the digital procurement solutions. Okay. Furthermore, mm -hmm. I've been uh, designated the head of real estate Italy, where I worked a lot on uh, the introduction of smart working in the building and in the definition of new distribution model, working the redesign of the branches using IoT technologies. Finally, I had mm -hmm. the responsibility of the head of operations Italy. So I had the goal to foster back and middle office simplification and processes automation. In 2019, I changed the company. I joined the Banco mm -hmm. BPM, that is the third bank in Italy, as chief information technology. And my goal was to boost the open banking model. Finally, now, as you know, mm -hmm. as you told before, I'm the chief operating officer of AXA Italy, and my mission is both, uh, from one side to accelerate the transformation, simplification of uh, our group, and uh, from the other side to promote uh, tech and data culture evolution in the entire company. Okay. And so tell us a little bit more about AXA uh, Italia, because AXA is a, is a Big um, household name. <laughs> But what is it that AXA Italia does and does really, really well? So uh, AXA Italia, starting from uh, what uh, uh, is saying our group CEO Buberle, mm -hmm. there is no great company without a great purpose. Ours is to empower our 95 million customers to live a better life. So what does it mean? Mm -hmm. In a different world, we say that, as you know, we are in a changing world. We are committed to constantly reinventing our business in order to simplify insurance even further. We are deeply committed in offering the best services to our customers by investing in sustainable innovation and technology. I wanted to underline the word sustainable because for us it's really a mission. Okay, and so I mean, the, there's a lot of things that are changing in the finance industry and well, in the world in general, of course, but so what are the drivers for change in AXA today and how is business uh, responding to it? So let's start from AXA's mission. AXA's mission is to step mm -hmm. up from payer of claims to partner of our customer, real partner. That means also that our ambition is to build over time solutions and services that offer immediate answer to the increasing sophisticated needs of our customers. Leveraging on what? On different ecosystems based on data, digital and new technologies. We have defined, starting mm -hmm. from this point, a new target operating model, our new ideal insurance factory, where we want to go. And we, we like to call this a bionic model, which is characterized by four pillars. Starting from the digital distribution model, this is our first pillar. What does it mean? It means that we want to design a new model that enables a new digital multi-channel experience 
through the redesign of more than 80% of our customer journeys with a mobile first approach. It is based on seamless omnichannel architecture that integrates digital channels with agents channel, the physical channel, that for us is and will be also in the future our center, central distribution model. The second okay. pillar for sure is more focused on offers. We wanted to push a balanced modular and smart product offering based on the real and ever-evolving customer needs. The third pillar instead mm -hmm. is more related to processes. We want to simplify and automate internal processes. We started from underwriting and claims area. We used emerging technologies and we processed a large amount of internal and external data. This is an important fact. And now we eliminate low value added activities and we assure a better experience for our clients. Let me give an example. We started working on pricing sophistication models in PNC. So we set predictive models for motor and household that leveraging big data and machine learning based on one, more than 1,000 variables. So a lot. Uh, we enable mm -hmm. to choose the best technical price for each customer. That means for sure to have the opportunity to create new product and new price full focused on this, of this each need for different customer. And we improved also the underwriting process and the risk taking process that as you can guess for insurance is a very important point. Finally, in order to enable all of this uh, model, we uh, are working on a lean and flexible organi organization mm -hmm. that can also support open insurance initiatives. So this model is really the flywheel to ensure a next level of customer experience. So big insurance company, and you're basically reorganizing, reinventing the business, if, if I understand it well. So, uh, but typically, large organizations as yours, they have a lot of legacy that they need to manage. So, um, so tell me a little bit about how, uh, how, how you work with your legacy, how are you more modernizing uh, your, uh, your legacy that you have in the, in the company? For sure. In order to ensure a real transformation, as you told before, at the beginning we needed to launch two different parallel uh, pillars. The first one was mm -hmm. the IT modernization and the second is our mm -hmm. data foundation program. Looking into the yeah. first pillar, we, uh, we developed three different work streams. The first one was to invest for simplifying our IT landscape by replacing mm -hmm. the IT system end of life with a new application based on microservices, APIs, enabling open insurance mm -hmm. as well. 
The second one uh, is uh, the more related to cloud. We launched the program to migrate mm -hmm. our application to the cloud. By the end of last year, 2021, we, were, we have already uh, moved more than the 70% of our applications. Wow. And our goal is to migrate in public cloud all of our IT system by the end of this program. The third and okay. last streams of this program was cybersecurity. As you can imagine, mm -hmm. opening on the third parts in the, this, this new way to work was fundamental to adapt our measures to these new collaborative business models. And at the end of last year, we were in the top 25% of the world's most secure financial companies, also known as Quartil One program. Okay. Now, Anna-Maria, you talk about open insurance. Uh, what, what does that really mean? So let's say that for, for us, open insurance is uh, to have uh, to use all the opportunity that uh, the market can offer also uh, using mm -hmm. insure, insure tech, startup, uh, in order to accelerate our, our programs, our transformation. For sure, first of all, we started in parallel with the IT transformation, so to work on uh, data platform, as I told before, that means mm -hmm. to develop uh, a new data uh, lake, but also uh, to work on a very important element, fundamental, that is data culture. If you want really to transform mm -hmm. your company, you need to have a different DNA in your company. So what we did, for sure, first of all, we started, as you can guess, from a very critical point because we were with a lot of different customer data management. We had issues in data quality, data governance. We, don't have, we didn't have a real structure with the right skills in our organization. Mm -hmm. And for sure, we didn't have the right culture. To, to work on this topic. So we decided to step up on data with a clear, a clear vision, not in a tactical manner, with a vision in a way uh, to have the opportunity to develop immediately a new way to work. So we set up mm -hmm. our data architecture completely in cloud-based native AWS services, connected in real time. This is a very important point with the company's IT operational systems, including our app, MyAXA, and our also reserved area, PCC, and created a single customer mm -hmm. master data based on what? On normalized and quality data that allow us a 360-degree view of customer information. Today, we are working also on the integration with our CRM, and this is fundamental to create, to design and launch ad hoc campaigns, introducing push notification, and creating customized product based on customer needs, 
that uh, we can uh, observe uh, in real time. In parallel, uh, thanks to the scalability and velocity enabled by the cloud, that as I told before mm -hmm. was for, for us a preconditions, we have gone progressively at scale with uh, emerging technologies uh, uh, solution that we uh, implemented immediately. What is the advantage of this approach? First of all, to create the right, uh, the right environment, the right awareness in our business colleagues in order to stimulate mm -hmm. their uh, ideas to generate new use case uh, data. Okay, and so you say that you need to change the culture around data, and so the so how how your and also the so that means that you need to train your people, and that you have to convince business to 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 work more with data. Can you talk a little bit about that? For sure. First of all, we we started hiring a lot of people with the right skills and the right approach. More or less fifty mm -hmm. colleagues in the last three years. And uh, we worked uh, in mm -hmm. creating also data governance. This is for sure, as you can guess, uh, an important element also for regulatory topics. And uh, we identified, first of all, uh, data stewards that are responsible also for uh, the, the quality of uh, the data. And then also data ambassador. Data ambassador that in our uh, organization are more or less uh, 200 to create a snowball effect in our, uh, um, in our organization. So the data ambassadors are people from uh, line of business uh, trained by data scientists uh, that have concretely the responsibility to support everyone uh, in identifying use cases uh, and uh, also reducing uh, barriers on data mindset, mindset adoption. Then mm -hmm. we worked a lot in training, starting from the organization. We were the first company in Italy having co-designed and launched with the best Italian university a 12-month corporate master in insurance data management to grow data analytics into data scientists. The participants are not mm -hmm. just from operations, but are colleagues from all the different functions of the company. In addition to that, we launch internal training in order to, uh, to create uh, awareness on data governance and data management. We trained about 300 people in these last years. Then we work on awareness. Mm -hmm. This is a very important topic. We started from the beginning and we launched different initiatives to increase everyone's appetite in the company on what we can do with data. This is uh, important. And uh, we run regular mm -hmm. TED Talks uh, with uh, external experts, uh, for example, from Microsoft, Amazon, uh, and so on, Google. And finally, we sponsor also some uh, different initiatives uh, to promote tech and, and open innovation in the market externally. For example, mm -hmm. we sponsor the main data hackathon in Italy, Campus Party, that involved more than 4,000 coders supported in the development of the initiative from our internal colleagues. And we sponsor, for example, mm -hmm. also AXA at Louis University. Louis University is a university based on, in Rome 
Data Girls Program. This is the name of the initiative that was a mentoring program dedicated to women entrepreneurs to support in their career development on data and STEM. As you know, this is every time a tricky topic in all the yeah. parts of, of the world. Okay. So a big transformation of your systems, moving already 70, you want to go 100% uh, public cloud and a big data foundation program. So you're putting data at the center of the, the organization. Can you give an example of, of what you are able to do with, uh, with, with these this data foundation programs? I, I, I know that fraud detection is, is, of course, very important in insurance companies, right? Yes, for sure. It's really a pleasure. Let's start from the motor ecosystem to do some example, in particular from claims. Uh, I will start mm -hmm. from Carry Angel Services. That is a very important services that we provide to our clients launched in 2019, uh, where both for clients with and without black boxes, we provide a 24 hours, seven days per week services. When you have an incident, mm -hmm. uh, this caring angel can support you calling relevant authorities, helping in prefilling the digital claim report and proposing where possible a fast payment for the damage or an alternative to be steered in affiliated company body shop. The second example is uh, anti-fraud. Sherlock. Sherlock is a proprietary anti-fraud system that we developed in collaboration with the group, the AXA group, and is a platform that collects data from the black box and information from Google Maps using the 3D crash technology based on AI solutions. So you can see immediately and check the right dynamics of the accident giving the claims liquidator quick and clear information to manage the case. But uh, let's share some figures that is uh, relevant every time. So we elaborated more than 3 million historical claims per day. And we uh, check potential frauds for, uh, um, for if you consider the 100% of fraud that the system can report to the liquidator, the accuracy in the 70%. That means that mm -hmm. for every 10 claims alerted by Sherlock, seven are really frauds. That is incredible from my point okay. of view. Yeah. The last example that I would like to share with you is instant payment for health claims. We have made available to our clients the automatic payment of health claims within threshold, that is 100 euro, reducing the time of answer and of payment from 10 days to immediate payment. As you can guess, this is a big change in terms of, of customer experience and also customer satisfaction. The customer can manage the health claims into our app, MyAXA, and can easily upload the pre medical prescription photo and invoice. The system, thanks to the use of OCR and deep learning tools, automatically 
reads the uploaded medical documents, opens the claims, extracts the relevant information and handles the payment. Anna Maria, let's talk a little bit about your investment approach and, and the business impact that your digital transformation program has had an AXA. Can, can you talk about that? For sure, this is a very important, relevant uh, question. First of all, in terms of, uh, uh, of impact, business impact, uh, we uh, had significantly in, uh, advantage in terms of, of earnings. If uh, you consider mm -hmm. the earnings increasing in the last four years, in particular in PNC, we observed a comp compound annual growth rate of 2.4%. That is uh, for us a very relevant, important element. The second uh, in business impact was in cost reduction. We achieved, thanks to all the initiatives, for sure 10 million euro of uh, cost reduction. Finally, I want to highlight our approach in investments, as you asked before. For us, what was in the success key was to apply, to adopt a multi-year investment approach by dedicating the 30% of the total strategic investment to the tech data for each year in the last four years. Okay. Another topic that I wanted to address, uh, Anna-Maria, you, you talked about um, the importance of sustainability, ESG and, and, and so on. So in your view, is IT and digital, is that something that is in the way of, of, of being more sustainable or is that a force? Is that something that you need to, uh, for a company to become more uh, sustainable and, 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 and better organized in that sense? Uh, let's say that for me sustainability is, uh, is fundamental and we have different initiatives uh, from uh, mm -hmm. my side. Uh, I can uh, say that we have two different uh, point of view. The first uh, is uh, for sure we are enable, the enabler of sustainable initiatives. That means that we can support mm -hmm. uh, in order to develop a new way to work uh, more sustainable for the society. The second part instead is uh, how we do our work. So we uh, are uh, improving our way to manage uh, our batch, our PC, our IT for IT in order to uh, achieve uh, real uh, sustainable result. Now, let's talk a little bit more about your IT organization. And, and maybe let's first start with you're the COO, so, uh, so you're responsible for IT, but also for, for, for other domains. Can you give us a little bit of the picture of your complete responsibility and, and, how, and then how IT is organized within, uh, within AXA? Okay, uh, so let's start from the, the point that uh, I had under my responsibilities a lot of different functions. Uh, mm -hmm. A part of IT, uh, I have also processes, uh, real estate, procurement, cost management, back office, and so on. But in particular, if we mm -hmm. come back to IT, as you told before, uh, under my responsibility, I have uh, data, so the CDO, Chief Data Officer, the CIO, mm -hmm. Chief Information Officer, and uh, the CSO, Chief Security Officer. 
more or less is a structure okay. of about 170 people internally, then we use for sure also mm -hmm. external uh, uh, support. And uh, starting from data, we have uh, two, in particular, uh, two different uh, units. The first is data governance and management, the other is data factory, because we develop internally our solution. Then the second is IT mm -hmm. department. We can say that we have uh, a, a structure based on three main areas. The first is uh, the solution delivery, mirroring the first line of business mm -hmm. of uh, the company. The second is IT operations uh, that manage local and global infrastructure. As you know, we are part of a big group, so we need to respect also global uh, guidelines. And the third are some staff functions of the CIO, but very important. The first is IT strategy and governance. The second is IT architecture that, as you know, in a transformational moment is a really fundamental role. And finally, operational cybersecurity. Then I have the corporate, corporate security that is organized in three main areas, information security, operational resilience, and physical security. The responsibility mm -hmm. of this area is to define governance and control uh, following the group guidelines. Okay, and can you talk a little bit more about the, the IT governance in the organization? So you're the CEO, you have a CIO, you have the, 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 the board of directors. So, so how is the, the, the governance, the deciding process on, on, on IT on projects where IT plays an, uh, an important role? So first of all, uh, we have uh, an internal demand structure in order to support our colleagues uh, to define the real strategic priorities. Uh, we are launching now the process for the next year, for 2023. Mm -hmm. And uh, starting from a strategic view, we try to define the most important area in which uh, invest and we define the most important program. So for sure, uh, we need uh, then to collaborate to create also co-creation moment with uh, the business in order to better understand the priorities. And then uh, we uh, try to finalize our uh, uh, master plan uh, roadmap, uh, multi-year roadmap, in order to create uh, different milestones and to evaluate the impact in, term, in terms of internal capacity, but also uh, investments for the next year, but also for the following one. Okay. And so you're responsible for, uh, you oversee the CIO, the CDO, the CSO, and, 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 and many other uh, domains in, in the company. What is fundamentally your role? Where do you spend most of your time? Uh, for sure, uh, being the, the chief operating officer, I'm dedicated to, the, to lead the transformation. So I spend a lot of the time, mm -hmm. uh, for example, in this moment, uh, in the simplification and uh, innovation of processes. So for me, it's important mm -hmm. uh, to achieve the new real factory, insurance factory, to start from uh, our uh, situation, understanding how to do in a different way uh, the, the activities, uh, using uh, cutting-edge technologies to improve the ability to work all together, eliminating the low-valued uh, 
activities uh, and uh, uh, for sure focusing on new opportunities uh, of business. Okay. Now, I'm curious. I mean, insurance has not always had the reputation of being the most um, advanced in, in using new technologies and, and concepts and so on. And I, I see that you're certainly uh, following and, 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 and are going very fast with your cloud program, your transformation program and so on. Is there a way for you to, to almost like benchmark where you are in your transformation? Do you compare AXA Italia insurance with the, uh, with the other uh, AXA uh, countries or do you compare yourself with other insurance companies on where you are? Is, is that possible for you? Let's say that if I compare AXA Italy with the other legal entities, we are in AXA, we are in very good position. For example, for the cloud, mm -hmm. we are the third company respect the 50 companies of the group in the cloud program. So mm -hmm. for me, it's very important. Also in cybersecurity, where we belong to the first five uh, countries uh, in terms of uh, security and uh, also in terms of uh, uh, data and uh, new technologies uh, uh, experience uh, for sure we are at scale and uh, we have a different uh, uh, initiative uh, that we try to uh, to share with the other countries in order to create a common understanding of what we can do with uh, these uh, solutions uh, and try to create uh, a, a common platform uh, for all. If you want to compare yeah. with uh, the market, I think uh, that uh, we, we are in a good position because uh, probably we are a smaller respect to the big generali, Allianz, uh, Unipol and so on. All mm -hmm. are working a lot in these directions. But uh, we are doing, uh, for example, in health, you know, we were the first that we launched the, the health ecosystem and now the other follower. So I'm very proud of what we are doing. Okay. Now, it sounds very interesting eh? if you work in a big group like AXA and, and that you can compare yourself. Uh, and so I can imagine that also an important part of your role is to align with uh, your counterparts and your colleagues in Belgium and France and all over the world so that you can exchange um, uh, views and experiences and strategies. So, but let's talk a little bit about more about yourself. About we, we discussed your role, we discussed the big programs that you're working on, uh, but of course all of this is only possible with good teams, right? So everything depends on people. Eh? So IT is 150 internal people. I understand that's like uh, 100, what is it, 1,700 people in total in, in AXA Italia. So let's talk about your management style. What is your secret for building successful teams? My secret, I want to share with you. Yes. <laughs> so my management style is for sure a combination, let's say of both vision, mm -hmm. but also execution in digital transformation, both incremental and disruptive. Let's say it's a mix of visionary and transformation style. What I do usually, first of all, I try to set with my teams a clear vision of the transformation journey. And then I strongly motivate them to execute and keep the bear raised. 
In my opinion, we have to work with continuous feedback and continuous listening that, that are two elements, uh, really uh, key factors, to create the right environment based on error and learn culture. I think that at the end, uh, if you want to improve and to find disruption, you need to try, try and error and learn. It's impossible, it's important that error, errors are for you an opportunity to learn. So this is also an opportunity to encourage the team to work with an innovative mindset and maintain a flexible approach to adapt to the continuous change of the, the market and also the customer needs. Yeah. And so, and, and, and how do you manage the, the war for talent that's going on? How do you make sure that you attract good people and that you retain your best people? What's, what's, the, what's your secret there? You want to know all my secrets, uh, Hendrik? Okay, of course. But okay. <laughs> I believe that uh, the role of a leader today is really to create a climate that allows everyone to express the best version of themselves. When people can express mm -hmm. their talents, they are, in my opinion, really retained, they can grow, and they don't show any need to go away, to leave the company. So it's essential to act mm -hmm. uh, with energy, with passion, and uh, work as a, a team, and enhance the contribution and skills of each person. Okay. Now, we talked about your management style, how you attract and, and, and retain your, uh, uh, your best people. Um, let's also talk about your leadership style, because managing people and, and is, is one thing, but leading a, a big organization is also important. Can you give an example on, 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 uh, of, of your leadership style and maybe also what do you think your people will say about you when you're not around? Okay, let's start from the example and then... Uh, I will give you some yes. um, idea about what the people uh, are saying about me. So let's start from the example. Mm -hmm. I started uh, in the last uh, three months, let's say, a program within the operation area dedicated to the in-depth study of exponential organization. You know very well, uh, this is the new trend uh, in order to push more and more mm -hmm. on organization to achieve uh, incredible uh, results. The different teams have been working on the theme of MTP, that is Massive Transformative Purpose, and we have launched several operational workshops with the aim of testing how the attributes of this organization can accelerate our transformation. So I think that mm -hmm. working all together, we can really create our ideal approach and ideal organization. So uh, let's move uh, to how the people uh, say about me. Probably you need to ask to them, uh, uh, really. <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, I, I can say you what uh, I would like uh, they say about me. So uh, it's important mm -hmm. that they think that uh, uh, they have to work for someone you, wouldn't, you would be. I really think uh, and uh, I feel uh, these sentences as uh, a push to always try to give my best. It's impossible to work uh, with someone that uh, I don't uh, trust, 
and that is not my role model. Okay. Let's go a little bit deeper and talk about you and, 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 and your personality. And what is it that drives you in, in your work and in your life? What is it that really drives you, that motivates you to, uh, to be so active and, uh, and, 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 and successful in the company? So, Andrew, first of all, I want to share with you my point. I can never feel a difference between who I am at work and who I am in my private life. I am just one person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what drives and inspires <laughs> me every day is authenticity, honesty, transparency, kindness, but also accuracy, cooperation, discipline. This is something that I try to learn to my son every day because it's really the base mm -hmm. of our life. You shared with us your uh, MBTI, your personality type, right? And you are a protagonist, uh, so an ENFJ. So this is a person with an extroverted, intuitive, feeling and judging personality traits. And these are typically warm, forthright types that love helping others. And they tend to have very strong ideas and values. And they back the perspective with creative energy to achieve their goals. And so I did my research, Anna Maria, and I've... Uh, uh, discovered what are the strengths of people with your personality profile. And so I would like to ask you, well, I'm going to give you five strengths. And so which of these can you really relate to? And can, can you give an example maybe on, on, on how you use that strength? So a, a protagonist is typically a person that is very receptive, a person that is very reliable, very passionate, very altruistic, and very charismatic. So which of these really stand out for you and, 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 and can you talk about that? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I'm strongly outgoing, deeply interested in mm -hmm. everything I'm involved in. I, I really passionate in facing new challenges and sometimes also brave in pushing new initiatives, also when you don't have the commitment mm -hmm. of everyone. Leading my teams, I always yeah. try to encourage critical things, creativity, that for me is fundamental, activate energies we discussed before, passion. Passion is something that is part of our life. I think this is the key to find, implement really innovative and successful uh, solutions. I'm empathetic, you can ask to my colleagues, <laughs> and uh, strongly committed mm -hmm. in finding a tuning with people I work with. It's difficult sometimes to have uh, in the first impression, in the first contact, immediate uh, good uh, impact, but uh, you need to work on uh, this, uh, this topic. Above all, I express my role model helping and encouraging a cohesion and professional growth of everyone. I'm both thoughtful and distinctive, and I'm a really lateral thinker to handle issues and innovative solutions. Finally, as you told before, I'm an assertive leader. So that uh, for me meaning uh, mm -hmm. fostering and stimulating win-win uh, relationship with the other uh, colleagues, uh, knowing that uh, the best ideas come out uh, from uh, fair conversation uh, and continuous discussion. Yeah. 
Now you have many strengths and you're certainly very passionate, but we all have our dark side and, and so every coin has two sides, right? <laughs> so I want to challenge, challenge you a little bit and, and, and give you a couple of weaknesses or let's say development areas that typically people with your personality profile that they have to work on. And, and so people that are, are ANFJs, they are sometimes unrealistic. They're sometimes overly idealistic. They can be condescending, looking down on people. They can be very intense, maybe too intense, or they can be overly empathetic. So which ones of these do you recognize and, and, and how do you manage that? But probably, let's say, I'm a real concrete uh, person. <laughs> so I try to maintain uh, foot on the ground. Uh, sincerely, probably, uh, we have to work on uh, not to be too much empathetic, for sure, and uh, mm -hmm. to maintain uh, over the time uh, a real, uh, realistic approach. So uh, this is okay. uh, what uh, I do usually. You have to work on. Okay, good. <laughs> so, Alamaya, what do you have a personal mantra? And what is it and how do you use that? Yeah, for sure. Never give up. Never give up. In my opinion, uh, mm -hmm. uh, is a very important, probably you know uh, this, uh, this synthesis. God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change mm -hmm. the things I can do, and wisdom to know the difference. So what uh, for me <laughs> means this uh, sentences. First of all, uh, is uh, try to have every time the ability not to give up on something until it works, but for sure to have the courage mm -hmm. to abandon what it doesn't work. This is a critical point because uh, in all of my experience, uh, sometimes for a long period, uh, you maintain a project, a program, even you know that it doesn't work uh, as you planned at the beginning. And what uh, is another uh, important element uh, and uh, is uh, uh, trust in other people to help me distinguishing between the two, you know, what you have to do and what you have to, to live. Mm -hmm. Now we talked about your personality and, and, and what drives you, your mantra. Let's also talk about your core values. And, and, uh, and so what are, what are really the, the values that are important to you? You, have a, you, you shared that you have a 14-year-old son. Ludovico. So what are the really the... Ludovico, Ludovico? is the name. L Ludovico. Ludovico. So you shared with us that you have a 14-year-old son, Ludovico. And, and so what is it that the, the values that you're passing on to him? So first of all, for sure, honesty, respect, Mm -hmm. kindness. Uh, I think that uh, you have to start every time from uh, small things, uh, small gestures, trying uh, to really uh, create the right condition uh, to include of all of uh, your values in the common habit uh, that can drive us uh, through all uh, our life. So when uh, you, for example, mm -hmm. my son Ludovico uh, tells me about uh, some discussion that he can have with their classmate in the school, uh, he, I encourage him to listen and compare different point of view based on objective facts. Uh, that is, uh, for me, a fundamental mm -hmm. element. 
I believe it is essential to proactively welcome the views of others and encourage solutions that enhance the contribution of different voices to find the right and the best solution. So let's talk a little bit more maybe about your personal life as well. So would you care to share with us what was the best thing that has ever happened in your life? And then maybe after that, what was the worst thing that uh, ever happened to you? So, Eric, this is a very, a very easy question. No? My family. My family is, for <laughs> me, for sure, uh, the best things uh, that uh, happened in my life. My parents, my two brothers, mm -hmm. my husband, Franco, and then my son, Ludovico, for sure. The family, in my opinion, is a fundamental element in supporting everyone's personal and professional growth and life. What I always tell my son, Ludovico, is that family is the certainty that allows us to find the right motivation at work and support also during the difficult moments. As you know, in, uh, often in the life uh, there are uh, up and downs, uh, you need uh, an anchor. <laughs> in my opinion, a real solid point mm -hmm. is uh, every time family. So family is the best thing that has happened to you, um, your husband, your, ch uh, your, your son. But would you care to share what are the, I mean, we all have our bad things that happen to us and, and we need to learn from, uh, from them. So what was maybe the worst thing that happened to you and how did you overcome that? Let's say the next to come, uh, how do you say, in life you're either win or you're learn, as you told before. I think I learned a lot in my life and I will continue to learn in the next years. And maybe in professional life, we all make our mistakes as well. I mean, you, you started your career in the 90s, so you've been involved in many, many different programs and projects. Looking back, um, what was, is there one project that you could say that was my most brilliant failure and, and, and what did you learn from that project? So in my life I was lucky. I do not think uh, I have one in particular. Perhaps, uh, as Churchill mm -hmm. said, success is never final, failure is never uh, fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So I think that uh, I had uh, different moments uh, difficult in my professional and also personal life, but uh, I have mm -hmm. every time the courage uh, to go ahead and to consider this an opportunity to learn. Now, in your life, and, uh, are there, what is it that you fear most? And what is it besides your family? Because we know as, <laughs> we as, as a passionate <laughs> Italian, the family is the most important thing, of course. But what is it? that you fear most in your life and that you love most? What I fear most uh, for me is having nothing to do. Nothing to do for me, it's oh, terrible. Yeah. And what I love most mm -hmm. uh, is uh, having exciting challenges to face. So uh, I mm -hmm. love uh, to, to be uh, every time out of my comfort zone, uh, to have uh, big challenges, uh, new experiences, uh, and the opportunity also to uh, to do something totally new, totally innovative uh, that uh, can uh, create a disruptive, disruptive solution. Anna-Maria, looking back or looking, reflecting on your professional life, on your personal life, what is it that you are most grateful for? I'm grateful to be a curious and passionate person 
And uh, furthermore, I think that uh, I was lucky in uh, my life to always have had the opportunity to meet people who turned me into a better human being. My family first, for sure, but also professional colleagues, mentor, different people from whom I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about your mentors, the people that you learned from? Yeah, yeah, Is there sure. somebody that you could mention? Let's say that uh, it's difficult to say that uh, in your life uh, you have just uh, one uh, mentor, but uh, it's uh, for me important that every, everyone try to listen carefully all the people around because every experience can uh, really enrich your personal professional life. But giving an example of a great mentor that I had in my professional life was one of my boss, the CEO of an important financial company where I worked for a long time, who taught me to be respectful, transparent, trustful with the people around me. I try every day to apply these values and try to be more and more good in my in my professional experience. Last question for this interview, Anna Maria, is these interviews are being watched by people around the globe, uh, but also by young people that have the ambition uh, to follow in your footsteps and to become a, an, an important digital leader, an important COO in, an, uh, in a finance company or in another industry. What advice is it that, uh, what is, advice would you give to these people that also want to become successful like you? I think that they need to speak up when they have a very strong point to invest in their training and their personality. But what is also fundamental is to listen from the other people around them and to continuously learn from the error. Okay. Anna Maria, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all your ideas, your visions. It was a pleasure doing this interview and I look forward to meeting you soon in La Bella Italia. Thank you very much, I wait for you. <laughs>